Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Hey, afternoon. Hey, Chase. How you doing, buddy? Hey, man. <laughs> it's Monday. Yeah, it is. It feels weird being in here on a Monday. You're welcome, by the way. Yeah. Because today's like the coolest day of the week. Yeah. So uh, this is going to be the best day for us to record at this wow, time of day. Wow, wow. Oh, hey. So uh, say hello to everybody else who's not just an unfiltered supporter. <gasps> what? Yeah, well, uh, so here's the uh, skinny. I'm going on uh, vacation, kind of no, sort of. No, you don't go on vacation. It's a two. It's a. It's it's well, sort of. Did you not get the memo? You're not allowed. I'm going uh, Tuesday night and Wednesday. Okay, I'll be back on Thursday. All right. Uh, so we're doing the unfiltered show tonight and on a Monday, so that way we uh, have an episode for you guys. This is going to be a supporter show edition. Okay. Oh. That we'll release for everyone, and this isn't a full show, so okay. we just thought what this week is is. We got a lot of stuff. We've been we've been focused on Iraq. There's a lot of stuff that's collected. Now we got to shake it out. Just you know, Chase, like when you got like a Christmas tree, and then you shake the Christmas tree, and like some of the bulbs fall you out. Gotta shake it all about. That's what we're gonna do today. Do the hokey pokey. So we're gonna get caught up on a few things, uh, and we'll follow our traditional supporter show style format. Uh, I'm pretty upset though. This is like the worst possible time for us to be doing an episode on Monday. This is like there could not have been a worse week for us to do this on Monday. Because uh, tonight <laughs> at midnight, uh, midnight our time or nineties uh, uh, midnight Eastern. I don't know Glenn Greenwald time. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> at midnight Glenn. Greenwald. <laughs> yeah, uh, here I'll pull it up. I'm, I'm going to go over to uh, Glenn Greenwald's uh, Twitter feed. Uh, he just tweeted this uh, a bit ago. He's doing an AMA tomorrow uh, to talk about. Oh yeah, nine. Uh, yeah, it's probably probably Eastern. He's doing an AMA tomorrow. To talk about the big release he's doing tonight at midnight regarding the latest NSA revelations that we've been talking about now for quite a while. I thought he was still holding on information that he was supposed to reveal, but did that never happen, I guess? Uh, is this going to happen this during is the it. This, oh, this is, is it. This is the big revelation. This is the reveal. This is it. We're, this is go time. This is the big thing uh, that he's been talking about for weeks that he was just talking to Shep about. That uh, Studio B? Yeah, this is really so. Of course, it's happening tonight. Normally, if we were in our regular time, we would have had this information. We'd, we'd have been time able to read it because it. it's been Wednesday. Yeah. We've been able to process it. So, uh, boy, if this was not ever a week for a double up, double episode, uh, so we'll have full analysis in uh, next week's episode, and uh, hopefully by then we'll kind of see what the fallout is too, if there yeah. is any. So stay tuned for that. So instead, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of shake it out and uh, cover a few things that we need to. Why don't we start on the, since it is the pre-show, uh, your buddy. I have uh, a lot of friends. Your buddy, Bill Clinton, uh, <laughs> wanted, uh, wanted to talk a little bit about the GOP outrage around Benghazi and how he thinks it's just a little hypocritical. Hmm. Surprise, surprise. Some have tried to make it about Secretary Clinton and her tenure. Rand Paul on the program, he may run for president in 2016, called it disqualifying for Secretary Clinton. you have a response for that? Well, let's go back to the first question because it's serious. serious. That's not a serious comment. It doesn't deserve a serious question. If Rand Paul, when 10 different instances occurred when President Bush was in office where American diplomatic personnel were killed in in around the world, how many outraged Republican members of Congress were there? Zero. Most formidable Republican who could run for president. I thought that was a... That felt like an edit point for me. That was... That felt... What did you think of that answer, though, where he's like, well, look, we lost 10 diplomats under Bush. Isn't that kind of like... That's like a... Hail Mary, like... No, I I call that a deflection. That's a deflection answer. That's what I mean. It's like, boy, we don't have a good answer here. Hey, look over here. Hey, Chris, speaking of looking over here, we got our first pictures in of the unfiltered shirt. Oh, 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 oh wow, Look at really? that, yes. Your, uh, your thingy isn't popping up on my Oh, thingy. no. No, it's okay. Aww. Maybe if we just massage it. There was there was IP changes and whatnot. Oh. 
Uh, what's your IP there? Ten dot seventeen. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Well. But, well. Anyway, we'll, we'll have to fix that. We'll, we'll get to... the engineers in here. Yeah. We'll get the and, uh, uh, crack team. Yeah. Just of tap on the glass there and just hey, hey guys, could you come in? Hey. Yeah. Hey. Well. Hey guys. But hey. Anyway. Uh, oh well. So you know we loved you know one of actually my favorite moments for you know what one of my favorite moments is on Unfilter ever, ever. When we were doing the 2012 election live coverage, yeah, and Diane Sawyer's on the air, and you and I look at each other like with this astonished look. Is Diane Sawyer drunk? And it like then became pretty apparent that Diane Sawyer was drunk, and or under the influence, or both. And if you look on YouTube, you can find you know how they used to have those old satellite feeds, yeah, of uh, like during the commercials, what yeah, was happening in set, break, yeah. Yeah, you can find one of Diane Sawyer uh, popping pills and drinking wine right there, right there at the anchor's desk. Wow. Just right off camera, Diane wow. Sawyer popping pills and drinking wine. Wow. Mm-hmm. So anyways, uh, just surprise, surprise. She's standing, she's stepping down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, that... Uh, David be- Muir is taking over. Have you seen the clip where she announces it? No, I haven't. Because it's really weird when you realize, like, it's a demotion... David Muir didn't really get the job he wanted because it's been split between him and George. I know this is all kind of inside baseball, but at the same time, watching how these media people present this is it's fascinating because it's so fake. It's so fake. Yeah. All right, so are you ready for Exhibit A, Chase? Are you ready? Yeah, and by the way, when she, uh, I know she talks about probably doing, uh, you know, she's going to do special assignments and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We'll never see her. Yeah. <laughs> We'll never see have heard some exciting news from right here at home at ABC. At the end of the summer, I'm going to be moving to a new role at the network, full-time, flat-out, of reporting I love from around the world and in-depth specials on the stories that matter so much to all our lives. I'm going to be telling you more about this in the weeks ahead, but I love every night I get to spend with you, and I am so happy that someone you know well is going to be at the helm of World News starting September 2nd, David Muir is going to be anchor, managing editor, sitting right here at this desk, David. Diane, you know what a humbling day this is for me, and I've told you this before, that I think of the 12-year-old boy who grew up in upstate New York. I had these dreams of being Uh a reporter and that maybe one day, one day I would see the world. But as that boy with a huge imagination, I could never have imagined seeing the world with Diane Sawyer. There have been so many stories. Bin Laden captured and killed right there. We were gathering our thoughts in Joplin. The political convention. Sawyer looks a little trashed in all these shots, too, I gotta I'm say. Oh, God. She looks a little, a little sloshed. Mentions, so oh, many memory. moments we've shared, but I have to tell you that one of my favorite moments is when you turn to me here on this desk and you say, the captain of our Made in America team is here. And I just wanted to tell you that for everyone in this studio, everyone up in the control room, everyone down in the newsroom, they know that you are the captain here. They know that you have led us, you have reminded us every night that it's about the viewers at home, which is really why the viewers now lead us on our journey with Made in America. They tell us what stories we should do next. And you and I really have so much planned already. And of course, we're going to be joined by GMA co-anchor George Stephanopoulos, who will have added responsibilities as chief anchor for ABC News and special events. As David said, though, over the summer, we have big plans. Mm. In fact, you're filling in for me tomorrow night, right? No turning back now. And I will be watching. So what do you think, Chase? Uh, do you really think she's gone for good? You really do? Yeah, she's gone. <laughs> and she's gone. And she's gone. By, by the way, I, I look at this like, uh, you know, when Dan Lewis stepped down, he retired for, here locally, come on news. Yeah, I know. And you're, and, you're still kind of struggling with and, that a little and, bit. And you notice he hasn't done any reports, even though he said he would be still around doing special things. Well, they do things. always say that, don't they? Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying. Just uh, we saying. do have one NSA story for the pre-show. Uh, you know, so this is the warm up for you that don't normally listen to the unfiltered. So we have a warm up of the warm up. Well, no, what I'm saying is, is we kind of have for people who don't normally listen to the supporter show. We have uh, a bunch of clips that don't make it into the regular show, and that's what they're hearing right now. These All are right. sort of the 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 extras. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to let you pick, Chase. Uh, do you want to hear about a Mexican police helicopter that was firing at border agents accidentally in the U.S., or would you like to hear about some stats regarding how armed the police are throughout the U.S.? Ooh, man, those are very, both of them very good ones. I mean, yeah. I know there's a war on immigration right now. Yeah, yeah, it's a hot topic. Mi- and the militarization of our Big local police. Big hot topic, man, right? You know what? I'm going to go with the, the, the latter. I'm going to go with the militarization. The popo? Yeah. All right, here we go. Let's Here's some stats it. on the popo. If you've looked around the streets of your own hometown and maybe you've seen stuff that looks like it came out of a war zone. 
well, get used to it. A new report by the ACLU finds that police forces throughout the U.S. are arming their law enforcement agents with weapons and tactics of war. This has not come without consequence, though. Last month, a three-year-old baby boy was badly burned when a SWAT team accidentally dropped a flash grenade into his crib while searching for someone suspected of making a $50 drug sale. And back in 2012, a similar raid saw police throw a flash grenade into the bedroom of a sleeping 12-year-old girl. She was also badly burned. And in both incidents, SWAT deployments were not sent out to deal with some sort of emergency situation, but rather they were used to search homes for drugs. In fact, the ACLU found that 62% of SWAT deployments were hunting for drugs. And it's not only that innocent people are getting there. caught up in the hmm. raids, the ACLU also found that minorities were disproportionately oh. targeted. 39% hmm. of people impacted by SWAT deployments were black and 11% were Latino. And as for acquiring Love weapons of war, the ACLU estimates that 500 law enforcement agencies have received mine-resistant ambush-protected vehicles, or also known as MRAPs, that were built to withstand roadside bombs. Well, those are just surplus vehicles, Chris. Otherwise, I mean, they would just go to waste. Don't want to waste them. I mean, aren't we getting a good return on our you know, investment into the military-industrial complex? So nothing too surprising here, obviously, no, right? No. Uh, I although mean, I've, I've driven MRAPs around in uh, Battlefield 4, and they're right. pretty good vehicles. Of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, it's just sort of confirming something we kind of already suspected. Yeah. But nothing, nothing we didn't already know. Uh, and it's a horrible truth. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, since you've been such a good boy, Chase, and you participated Yay, so well. I get, I get the other one. You get the other yes. one, too. Just in CNN, word that a Mexican police helicopter has now fired shots near American Border Patrol agents. Let's go straight to Pamela Brown, live in Washington for us with a little bit more. Pamela, what do you know? Well, here's what we're learning, Brooke. A U.S. law enforcement official telling CNN a Mexican law enforcement helicopter crossed about 100 yards over the U.S.-Mexican border just south of Tucson, Arizona, very early yesterday morning. And this chopper, we're told, fired two shots very near some U.S. border agents who were right there on the ground, according to this official we spoke with. But none of those agents were hit. No one was injured in this incident. Now, the law enforcement official tells us, Brooke, that the Mexican police chopper immediately stopped shooting and turned right back around into Mexico. And soon after that, Mexican authorities called U.S. authorities and acknowledged the incident and said it was a mistake. And we are told the Mexican police were conducting a drug operation right near oh. the border there when they fired those two shots. But, Brooke, at this point, we don't know if the Mexican chopper was following drugs, drug suspects and deliberately crossed the border as part of this mission or if it inadvertently strayed into U.S. territory. But at this point, all indications are pointing to this being an accident. Okay, as soon as you get more information, obviously let us know. Pamela Brown, um, thank you for that. Thanks, Pamela. You wouldn't want to start a war or anything. <laughs> wow. I, I love just what goes down just for drugs. <laughs> like, the things we'll do. You know, back to that first story, you know, I made a, a real quick comment on that chart that RT showed where it, the, the proportionate percentage of the raids were for drugs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you think it was by accident or on purpose that they use oh, a marijuana leaf? Well, no, no, no accident about it. Even though a lot of states, uh, nearly half, have approved it for medical, medical use. And I think it's because, I, I don't know if this number is current, but I think 70, even still 70% of all drug busts are marijuana related. Wow. So I think where they, and, I, and I, you okay, know. Okay, so that would make sense, I guess, in a statistical standpoint. Dude, it's Russia today. They're just trying to rile you up. That's why they put it on there. They're just well, they're trying not to get rallying you. me up. I'm just. No, I, I like, want people to be trying, aware. They're trying of to make you. They're there. trying to make you think it's all about pot, but it's not only about right, pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I know in some parts of the country, meth is like huge. I mean, I mean, you have a whole series made after it. Breaking Bad. Hello. Uh, do you know? Does the name Russell Brand ring a bell? Russell Brand. He's the guy that uh, was married at one time to Katy Perry, wasn't he? I I have no idea. All right. Maybe. I. It might be. Is that a thing? Yeah. He's like trying to position himself. Interestingly, wasn't he a com uh, comedian, or am I thinking someone else? He released a uh, a YouTube video where he called Fox News uh, more dangerous than ISIS. Wow, have you heard about this? No. Um. Uh. All right. So I'm going to play this for you. It, it, it's interesting. We'll play a few clips. The audio is not great because it's him like on his webcam. This is the <laughs> Rush Today found this and wanted to air it, so I picked and it up. An cool. unlikely voice speaking out against future bombings in Iraq. 
British entertainer Russell Brand. He's not only criticizing the violence, he's also coming down on a certain media outlet's calls for the U.S. to engage in yet another war. Take a listen. Hello and welcome to Justice. This is Justice Judge Janine. So what should we do? Send in more troops to protect sacrifices already made? Cut a deal with the devil, Iran? Iran is not the devil. And uh, referring to them as such is incendiary and provocative. She's talking about the situation in Iraq. She's judged Iran to be uh, in league with Satan or even the embodiment of Satan. Hopefully, over the course of this, she's going to acknowledge the U.S. government and, and, and military in their meddling with foreign affairs have created this situation in Iraq, created the threat of ISIS, likely armed them over the course of the preceding decade and certainly contributed to the instability in that region that's generated the problem. There should be no further intervention or meddling because that's, that, that's what led to the problem in the first place. Over to you, Justice. The ISIS assault, the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria signals the beginning of the reverse crusade. They are coming for us. To them, we are the infidels. Hold on. They're not, <laughs> they're not coming. But also, it's interesting when you said to them, we are the infidels, meaning that she regards them as infidels, which means unclean, disconnected from God. Don't try and counter religious extremism with religious extremism. Americans have shed enough blood there. My resolution? Airstrikes. Bomb them. <laughs> bomb them. Woo! Keep bombing them. Bomb no! them again and again. Justice Judge Janine, bomb them. She's pointing everything. Bomb them. When they do these bombings, it creates more insurgents that's what creates them don't think of the bomb as going down there and destroying stuff think of it as it's like a seed that goes into the ground and grows insurgents out of it it creates m more terrorism doing it that was of course british entertainer russell brand with his take on the way fox news is covering the crisis in iraq so what do you think of that? Why is he doing this? Is he trying to capitalize on unrest? Is he truly genuine? What do you think, Chase? I think it's both. He's a... Well, he actually, you forgot a C part, trying to keep himself more relevant. Oh, um, okay. You know, obviously, you know, he was he was known. He was the guy, right guy who was married to Katy Perry for a short period of time. <laughs> okay. And then, you know, now he's getting involved in the political arena. Oh, yeah, don't forget, he's also a comedian. Oh, is oh okay. All right. I mean, that's his so normal trait. So this trade. keeps him in the headlines. Right, right. Now, here's the thing, though. Is what he's saying satire? Is he is he saying anything inaccurate in what he's saying? I don't know. I mean, when you look at what that lady, what Justice, what her name was, I don't, I don't even care. Uh, her opinions, saying bomb, bomb, bomb. I know, and there's a lot of people out there who probably agree with her. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. But it does does that anger beget more anger? So you, yeah. what you're saying is you kind of believe him? Yes and all no. Right, all right. Yes all and right. no. Okay. All right. No, that's fine. Uh, did you hear about uh, Tim Cook, quote-unquote, getting accidentally outed? Did you know Tim Cook's gay? No. Oh, you didn't know? No. I thought everybody knew this. No. Well, I, 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 I really guess a lot care. of people didn't. Yeah, well, <laughs> so here is, uh, this is, I, I, uh, I actually grabbed this clip while that last clip was playing, so I haven't played it yet, but this is Tim Cook getting accidentally outed on CNBC. Oh. There are gay CEOs of major companies, and I reached out to many of them, and I have to say I got an extremely cool reception not one would allow to be named well i think i think tim cook is fairly open about the fact that he's gay at the head of apple isn't he mm, oh dear was that an error wow i don't know i thought I think not you just yeah I, th I think Although, he's very open the New York about Times it. Times tries very hard to bring that to the fore in the recent story. I don't want to comment about anybody who might or might not be, because I'm not going to out anybody, and I called a lot of people, and no one at any major company would allow their names to be used. There are gay CEOs of major companies, and I reached There's out to many of them, right and I have to say I got an extremely cool reception. Not one would allow to be named. Well, I think, I think Tim Cook is fairly open about the fact that he's gay at the head of Apple, isn't he? Mm, oh no. dear, was that an error? I wow! I don't know. I thought I not. You just, yeah. I, I like the wow. <laughs> oh, was, was that a Wow. Um, yeah, I thought he like tweeted pictures of him at like pride parades and stuff. I I thought that's been like stuff he's done. So 
My bad. I well, yeah. Well, I mean, you, but you also got guys like Malcolmore going to the Seattle Pride Parade. It, does that mean Malcolmore's gay? I, I see. What I what it was is I think was he the grand this Marshall? guy is out of touch with the industry he's covering. He contacted uh, Tim Cook for for a quote, right? And Tim Cook does what he tells every single journa- journalist that contacts him. No, thank you. Go f yourself. I don't do interviews. I'm not doing that. Right. Like yeah. he'll do one interview or two interviews a year tops. Right. So. Him saying no comment doesn't mean he's denying he's gay. It just means right. he's not giving this d bag a comment. But I don't know. Doesn't. But honestly, you know the whole thing about uh, about Cook is huh, who cares? I mean, yeah. I, I think personally, it people doesn't want him. If it is, people want him to come out because it could show that the person running one of the richest companies in the world can be gay. And as long as you judge him by the performance of his company, it doesn't then matter. it doesn't matter if it's sexual. So they feel like if he came, if he did come out clearly, it would. Sort Actually, of. next thing he comes out is he says he uh, uses uh, marijuana every day. <laughs> That'll be the next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, now let's start uh, getting actually into the main show here. We'll start Steer. with a story that came out last week, but we didn't have a clip for it, so I just want to pick it up. Plus, you weren't here. Just in case you didn't hear, we actually have like concrete can point to here is economic harm from the NSA spying. Ooh. German Chancellor Angela Merkel can finally use her phone again. A year after discovering that the NSA had allegedly hacked her cell phone, Chancellor Merkel has purchased a $3,400 BlackBerry. It encrypts all voice calls, internet communications, and text messages via a crypto chip. And while Chancellor Merkel says yes to BlackBerry, the German government is saying no to Verizon. Germany is officially ending its contract with Verizon over fears that the company may be allowing U.S. intelligence agencies to spy on sensitive government communications. Germany's interior ministry spokesman said, quote, There are indications that Verizon is legally required to provide certain things to the NSA, and that's one of the reasons the cooperation with Verizon just won't continue. Verizon had provided Internet services to a number of departments within the German government for years. Uh Now, with their contract set to expire in 2015, Berlin is proposing to build its own secure networks in Europe rather than having to rely on U.S.-based companies. Of course, all of these changes to communication security would not have been possible without NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden, which is why the German Parliamentary Committee is holding an inquiry into the NSA's surveillance practices. NSA whistleblowers Thomas Drake and William Binney will be giving testimony to the inquiry, which will take a look at the role that the German Foreign Intelligence Agency played in NSA surveillance. The inquiry will also take a look at how the Five Eyes share and collect intelligence. The Five Eyes include the U.S., the U.K., Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. I have specifically wondered what the German intelligence agency's cooperation level was with the NSA and how involved all the Five Eyes and how they work together is. That could be very interesting results. You know, Chris, part of me doesn't... Part of me feels that Germany... And I understand they made the statement about Verizon, but maybe it's a little conspiracy-ish. I'm not sure. But the contract was ending in 2015. Yes, very very good point, Chase. Very good and point. And any, any company, even countries for that matter, will make up any reason whatsoever to gain leverage in a <laughs> negotiating stance. You think you think it's a negotiating? No, no, no. It's That's one of the, cynical. No no, 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 It's one of those things where they're walking away. We're not going to renew. It gives them brownie points for the, the citizens of Germany. And they just mentioned that they want to build their own network, which means that's going to cost more. That's going to cost more money to do, but that's going to be spent internally. Yeah, you know I, what? I, I just saying, just be no, careful. No, because here's what. Because here, rewind the whole NSA thing when when an Angela Merkel's uh, cell phone tap was announced when that came out. Yeah. There, there was this big eruption about it. Then a little bit, a little bit later, the Obama administration finally came out and said, "All right, yeah, we we, were. we won't spy on you anymore. We were doing it." But we are going to spy on everybody else in your government, and I think the I think they looked at this and they said, Ger- you know, because Germany has a history of of surveillance, and this has yeah. been a problem with them. They look at this and they go to themselves, well, the way that we think this is happening is through those Verizon contracts, because the U.S. government believes they can compel Verizon to do it, since Verizon is a U.S. company. Right, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I I think it's legit because uh, they're not. I bet they don't save money by switching out. Well. They're going to be having to build their own internal, their own network. Dude, it's a, it's a new, country. it's a new contractor boom. Help build solutions to free you from the NSA, and it's going to be a new boom for people making money off the uh, government. Mm. Mm. New industry. Hey, speaking mm. of making money, like you want to do a little economy checkup? Uh, check the economy. 
Uh, so uh, CBS News wants to uh, ask if uh, we're going to see much improvement uh, coming up in the economy because things have not been super rosy because, you know, all of that snow. Right. On the heels of last week's rough news about the economy, it contracted nearly 3% during the first quarter. Another big report is out this week, this one on jobs. To discuss this and more, we're joined by Jill Schlesinger. Uh, Jill, halfway through the year, bad news for the economy? Well, those first three months were pretty awful, down by 2.9% annualized. That's way worse than we've seen over the last four years during the recovery. The good news is that we have seen the data improve, especially when it comes to jobs. And we are going to get that big jobs report. The first five months of the year, we are averaging over 200,000 jobs a month. That's good. We're expecting another reading of about 220 and for the unemployment rate to stay at 6.3%. If we actually got the job creation rate to 220, I mean, that's, I think, you know, that's actually one of the best numbers we've heard in a while. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be really good. That'd be surprising news. That would be putting us on the right track for the rest of the year. The markets continue to roll six months into the year. Uh, Do you expect that to continue? And and, and what are you looking at in the next six months? You know, the economy is not the stock market. The stock market is not the economy. We know that. And part of the reason that stocks have been able to give us such good performance, 6.1% higher on the S&P 500, is that companies have not had to pay higher wages. When we look at wage growth, it's only been 2.1% from a year ago. We usually average around 3%. Now, I think that's about to change in the second half of the year. It looks like companies are getting ready to give us raises. That's good, but it may not be good for the stock market because the raises are good for us, not so good for companies. (laughs) Yeah, so the stock market might react badly to that. Uh, And uh, it's interesting because, you know, you and I right here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, especially today, I was reading an article on Politico, which, A, is not something I normally do often on the weekends, and B, (laughs) uh, it was an article I don't normally read, but it was from a local Seattle millionaire. And uh, he had a – I think the reason I read it is because the, uh, the headline really grabbed my attention. So these clips – this first clip will set it up. First of all, explain who Nick is and why he wrote this piece, Mike. Yeah, so Nick Hanauer, who wrote this piece in the new print edition of Politico magazine, is a venture capitalist in Seattle. He was an early uh, investor in Amazon, and he says here, I saw the future when I was selling pillows as part of my family's business. My customers were department stores. I saw that department stores were about to get rocked by Amazon. And he says, now I see the future again. And it's retaliation against his fellow zillionaires, as he says in this memo. The other people in the 0.01%. He says, I have a plane, my friends and I own a bank, and I see trouble. Now, he's always been a little bit of an outlier. He's argued in the past for a $15 minimum wage. You don't see a lot of zillionaires arguing for the $15 minimum wage. But he says in here that it would be in the interest of the rich to reduce some of this inequality. He says, uh, we like our customers rich and our employees poor. That doesn't make much sense. He uses the Henry Ford example. Look at your workers as customers. And he says in here that revolutions like bankruptcies come slowly and then suddenly you think it's the tipping point. uh, You're going to be able to get ahead of it. But fellow zillionaires, fellow 0.01 percenters, you won't. Yeah, in fact, uh, here is uh, here's probably one of the juicier quotes from the article. Zillionaire with a pitchfork or something like that. So the top trending piece on Politico right now is titled The Pitchforks Are Coming for Us Plutocrats. It's written by Nick Hanauer, a self-proclaimed zillionaire. He writes in part, quote, I have a message for my fellow filthy rich. For all of us who live in our gated bubble worlds, wake up, people. It won't last. If we don't do something to fix the glaring inequities in this economy, the pitchforks are going to come for us. No society can sustain this kind of rising inequality. In fact, there's no example in human history where wealth accumulated like this and the pitchforks didn't eventually come out. You show me a highly unequal society and I will show you a police state or an uprising. There are no counterexamples. None. It's not if. It's when. So this is sort of the uncomfortable truth in the room, isn't it? Because this is, we all recognize this is a huge problem. And this is a historical fact that is being stated there. And it's not the first time we've, probably any of us have heard somebody say that. No. No, we've Uh, heard that many times over different subjects as well. It's just, uh, it's interesting. Um, I wonder, though, I'm I'm skeptical. 
you know, this guy comes out and he, he writes this big op-ed. It gets a lot of attention. They run it on, on MSNBC. Uh, is it election time? Is that what this is about? It could be. Is he, the other thing, too, is what's he doing lately? Is he trying to get involved in a political scene? Yeah. Is he trying to support a particular candidate? Yeah. I mean, I say it a lot on the show, show me the money. Show I, me the what, money. What, what, what's he doing eating into? Uh, like you, know, you always say. Oh, my gosh, it's Anderson Cooper. No, I, I, I don't know. I I don't always say that. Oh, I thought that's what you always say. No. Ew. Uh, okay, so while you're talking about politics, yes. Some the IRS, man. This is dirty stuff. We haven't talked about oh. the IRS scandal. Like at first, we thought it was a distraction, uh-huh. but it's not. <laughs> this is one of those stories too. Like where we've been, we've been tracking it, but it hasn't really made it into the main show. It might it might show up time to time in the supporter show. But I think everybody's probably heard the recent round of excuses that they lost emails due to hard drive crashes. Yeah, yep. We haven't really heard anybody go into like the details of that. But you know what you hear? When you hear, well, sorry, we can't find those emails because our hard drive crashed, what do you think? Yeah, right. right. That's what- <laughs> Sounds awfully fishy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, then, you know, then I think about it a little bit longer and I go, well, wait a minute, screw these guys. If I told them I lost my records, they'd come after me like sharks, right? Yeah, you, and if it was a job, you'd be fired. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. When, so the IRS can ruin my life if I lose documents, literally. Right, yeah. If you don't have receipts uh, yeah. for for expenses but, and things like that. But if, if they're getting... But yeah, anyway, so yeah. finally, somebody, and it's your buddy, Wolf, Oh. Uh, Wolf buddy. asked them, hey, how can you get away with this? How Wolf? can you use this excuse? I, I, I told my Twitter followers I was going to be interviewing you today, and I asked for some suggested questions. I got a variation of this one by a lot of folks. This one from uh, T.G. Parker. Why shouldn't taxpayers use the crashed hard drive excuse when undergoing an, I, an IRS audit? Uh, a number of them already have done that, and the question has been, is there a dual standard? And as I've said, the IRS has 24,000 Loris Lerner emails from this period. We historically, if a taxpayer has lost electronic records have said if you have other indications and evidence of what went on we'll take that from you it's if you lose a document it doesn't mean you lose the argument we actually work with taxpayers to say we'll look at other evidence uh, like the 24,000 emails and if we can find any evidence to support your case and in fact if the circumstances support your case We'll support you, and you won't have any problem. What a bunch of crap that is! So, uh, oh, if you don't have your receipts, Chris, they'll still support yeah, you. Yeah, if you just have some other kind of proof, like you have a selfie when you were there, and just want to use that, that'd yeah, be fine. I mean, if you're at Home Depot buying an AC unit, and you took a picture of yourself <laughs> right, yeah. while you're there on Instagram. Yeah. They'll take that. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, if you haven't, if you're not fully up to speed, the short version of what happened uh, was is the IRS has crazy ass retention restrictions on their Exchange server. Yeah. So. Lois Lerner then exchange in exchange started saving her files locally her to, her C drive. to her C right. drive. And of course, then her C drive just conveniently dies now, which is being referred conveniently, to conveniently. Chris, you're saying conveniently with a little tone in your voice, like they're calling conveniently. it conveniently. They've called it the Lerner crash. They refer to it in Senate hearings as the Lerner crash. Uh, uh, it's ridiculous. And so here is Daryl Issa, sort of trying to say, look, what well, what happened was is we had Lotus Notes, and then we moved to Exchange, and and we just couldn't really figure out a good archive system. I assume that the robust tool you're now using to go through and recapture the uh, PSTs and de-conflict the fact that PSTs often have multiple PSTs and you don't want to have 40,000 copies of the same email, so you have to take care of the duplicates. Those tools didn't exist for Lotus Notes in all likelihood because it was on its way out by the time the Clinton administration was on its way out. Is that roughly correct? Uh, my understanding is um, that the the way they because they have like a limited dedu process for arms and it had to be built. That's okay. my understanding. So here we have a situation where the Clinton administration is on a platform that has to be phased out. They're simply they lost the war of who who's going to supply emails. <laughs> uh, the war on terror. Time goes emails. on in which yes, we're dealing uh, to Dr. Weinstein's concern with you know getting good archives, but we're also dealing with the fact that. I can't play my Betamax tapes anymore either, yeah, and I can't thing. seem to find somebody who has a Betamax player anymore. And in a matter of a couple of years, it's going to be hard for me to, to play my high-definition DVDs that were on the platform that now is being phased out. This guy, so, this guy knows a little bit. This, Very good. The excuse here is, like, like email has somehow changed formats over the years. Right. And so because you used email on one system, you can't archive it. it, it it's such a bullcrap excuse. It just doesn't yeah. even make any sense. Right. 
Uh, it, the whole situation is so stupid and obviously so corrupt. I've been trying to just try to figure out how to f- fit those into a show, but uh, the situation in Iraq has been too crazy. It, it really, uh, I, what I have, what the, this is, we're really into the third week of things really, something substantial happening every single week that, uh, yeah. in between shows. And one thing that's been interesting when stories like this break is they start on the national level, and then pretty soon they get packaged up as little uh, drops that the local stations can use just to run on, like, the, in part of their local broadcast. Right, like if something's slow, they can just lead with that. Well, and that always tells you, it's like, okay, now they're pedaled to the metal trying to get the information out to all yeah. of the people as much as possible. So ABC, I love it, because what they do is ABC puts together a package. I'm going to just use our local Como as an example, because this okay. this personifies exactly what I'm talking about All so right. well. And it also, since you weren't here last week, update you on a couple of things that happened. So here ABC produces this package in New York City, right. and then sends it over to our ABC local affiliate and have them wrap it, and then that way they can just scare the crap out of people in Seattle. ISIS fighters who have captured much of Iraq today declared an Islamic state in the territory they now control. Tonight, the Iraqi army, with U.S. guidance, is struggling to win back some of that land. ABC's Daria Albinger has that story. And now to New York. Iraqi military video showed a Russian cargo jet with the first delivery of 12 warplanes the Iraqi government has bought secondhand from Moscow. The ground attack fighter jets are the latest effort by the Iraqi government to turn the tide of battle against Islamist Sunni invaders from Syria, who have overrun much of their country. The planes will be used to support ground troops such as these. Iraqi state TV showed the counterattacking in an effort to retake the town of Tikrit. This soldier fires an automatic weapon at a fuel tanker, igniting its contents. There are conflicting reports about which side has the upper hand in the battle. Iraqi security officials say they are coordinating the campaign with the United States. And the U.S. is now flying armed drone aircraft over Baghdad. Meanwhile, there is a spike in fears that the violence in Iraq could overflow onto American soil. Our homeland is at risk. Radicals in Syria, some with European and U.S. passports, could get on commercial flights carrying a new generation of non-metallic explosives disguised as innocent everyday carry-ons, toothpaste, clothing, cosmetics, designed to be smuggled past airport security. What's interesting about this report is that the last three, uh, not three minutes, the last 30 seconds is like a super concentrate meme fest of a bunch of stuff we talked about in last week's episode, and they're just throwing it all at you in 30 seconds. It's really interesting. Uh, so if you if you happen to be listening to 102, 103, and 104 back-to-back, there's going to be a really interesting continuity here. There's also uh, at least 100 and so, 100 plus Americans who are over there in Syria right now. So any of these people can go back to the United States and they can carry out the type of attack that they're being trained in. Giving right. Homeland Security officials plenty to lose sleep over as the July 4th holiday approaches. Oh. ABC News, New York. Yeah, just got to get that 4th of July scare in there, too. Don't you love that little stinger at the end? Are so, you scared? They could come back to home. The whole, there's 100 Americans they're, in they're, Syria. They're already setting it up when you travel this weekend, perhaps. You yeah. never know. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you can't bring any of these things through security right now. We have a heightened level of alert right. at this present. So, uh, unfortunately, you cannot have your uh, three in the clear bags right now. I'm sorry. Uh, you're not going to be able to bring those through. So did you hear that Obama is asking for half a billion dollars to arm the Syrian rebels? No, let's just give it to him. Now, um, just, can I write a check? I mean, it's because it's our money, right? So, yeah. So you know, I just write a check. Uh, the first thing you got to figure is some of the weapons that ISIS has right now are from the covert arms we've been, right. we've been yeah, shipping we, yeah, over there. Yeah. That's like how they've gotten their hands on it. Now, I don't know. Uh, let me see. I think this was in last week's uh, uh, Iraq section. Let me see here. Yeah, so uh, last week, uh, well, I, I might already have a clip that has this, but we really, I have to get into this part of the conversation. We have to underscore this part. Would that vacuum exist had we backed the moderate rebel forces in Syria? Now, we're probably going to hear this clip a second time in this show, but this is so important. So, Obama this week has requested half a billion dollars to arm the Syrian rebels, okay? This is President Obama last week saying there is no point in arming the Syrian rebels. They never have a chance. Uh, Yes. I I think this notion that somehow there was this ready-made moderate uh, Syrian force that was able to defeat uh, Assad uh, is simply not true. Uh, And 
uh, you know, we have spent a lot of time trying to work with a moderate uh, opposition in Syria. Um, but uh, as I said yesterday, uh, when you get farmers and dentists and uh, folks who have never fought before going up against a ruthless opposition in Assad, uh, the notion that they were in a position suddenly uh, to overturn uh, you know, not only Assad but also ruthless uh, highly trained jihadists, uh, if we just sent a, a few arms, uh, is a fantasy. Uh, and uh, I think it's very important for uh, you know, the American people, uh, but maybe more importantly, Washington and the, the press corps to understand that. So then my first question was, okay, we're going to, so that was Obama literally last week. We played that clip in Unfilter 103. Now this week, it's Monday, it's five days later, it hasn't even been a full week, and Obama is asking for half a bill to send over more guns and to uh, set up training camps in, in nearby countries. And the first thing I have to ask myself is... Isn't this just going to give more guns to the guys we're fighting? Isn't this just going to create more of a problem? Well, guess what? Your buddy, Wolf. <laughs> Wolf is back. He asked the same question. Great question, Wolf. But there's deep concern, as you know, that some of that equipment could wind up in the hands of ISIS if, if these guys lose. Well, th- that's been the president's principal reason for delaying until this point, until this point arming uh, rebels in Syria, which is something, as you know, that some of his advisors, Hillary Clinton included, Secretary Kerry included, have been pushing for for some time. Now he's doing it. There will be critics who will say... ISIS is already strong. Uh, in effect, Assad has already won that conflict to some degree. And okay, so both Obama and CNN here are saying that Assad has essentially already won. So what you're doing is you are arming a side that already lost, essentially prolonging the death, quite literally prolo- prolonging. If Assad has already won, Obama has said Assad has already won. Other people have said Assad has already won. CNN is saying Assad has already won. But instead what we're going to do is give them guns so that way they can fight longer and more and harder. It, it may be too late to arm these rebels, but who knows? I mean, clearly, you know, the administration is realizing that, that, that they and, and the various parties involved are digging in, digging in for a long battle, and they need this pressure uh, to come from inside Syria as well, in addition to whatever they do in, in Iraq. And we know in Iraq, uh, ISIS has taken over lots of U.S. equipment that were in, that was in the hands of the Iraqi military. They simply abandoned those tanks, those armored personnel carriers, those missiles, and, and ISIS has control of that right now, and there's concern about that could happen in Syria as well. I, I like that they didn't give any answers. They're just basically very quickly back and forth. So these are all the things that are really crazy about this situation. Yep. <laughs> they just agreed with each other. Uh, so... Uh, Last week, it was 300 troops going to Iraq. This week, it's 500 troops, and I believe tonight it's actually gone up to 600. In Baghdad, wow. nearly 500 U.S. troops are now on the ground, including 180 military advisors of the 300 President Obama authorized, plus security teams and intelligence analysts already there. Priority one, determine if Iraqi troops can hold on to the capital or if it's in danger of falling to the ISIS militants. The current assessment, the Shia-dominated Iraqi military will keep control. The Sunni-backed ISIS won't risk an all-out urban war. But there is deep worry about the strength of Iraqi forces across the country. What we really need to see is the army get back on its feet. We have folks there trying to help these elite units do that uh, and, and start to retake territory. But the situation on the ground is still very serious. Iraq's Haditha Dam, 170 miles northwest of Baghdad, may be the most critical target to protect. ISIS and Iraqi units are battling for control of the largest hydroelectric plant in western Iraq. The local police chief told CNN government forces are holding on to the dam, but U.S. intelligence is watching closely. If ISIS seizes the dam, water and power for millions of Iraqis is in jeopardy. Prime Minister Nouri al-Maliki now says he's happy to have Syrian airstrikes against ISIS. There was no coordination involved, but we welcome this action. So this is an interesting thing that happened that hasn't gotten a lot of coverage over here in the U.S. is the Syrian government and, and, and some say Iran have sent in airstrikes into Iraq. Whoa. Airstrikes that reached inside Iraq. 
CNN has learned U.S. aircraft flying reconnaissance missions over Iraq to collect intelligence are keeping an eye out for both Syrian warplanes and Iranian drones and keeping an eye on threats against U.S. military advisors. This video message purportedly from a Sunni cleric calls for attacks against U.S. embassies worldwide if the U.S. conducts airstrikes in Iraq. Now, the Pentagon has sent one army general to Baghdad to run the advisory mission there, earmarked another general to go to northern Iraq if that part of the mission ever begins to take place. This is a lot of muscle power, Wolf, for whatever may come next. Barbara, we're also learning the Obama administration will seek $500 million from Congress to start training Syrian rebels, moderate Syrian rebels. Uh, what's the latest on that? Moderate. Not yeah. entirely clear what that training will exactly comprise, but it's still the same issue, Wolf. Who is the moderate Syrian opposition? There are so many factions now fighting in that country, including, of course, ISIS, the same faction fighting across the border in Iraq. It just couldn't be more complex. Very difficult to see a way ahead there. Barbara Starr at the Pentagon, thanks very much. Reporting f live from the Pentagon with her direct feed to yeah, CNN. Direct, yeah, her direct studio. <laughs> I, I want to go a little bit more into this funding for the Syrian rebels because yeah. I, I just, I'm trying to figure out the mechanics of this. The administration's request for new arms and aid to the Syrian rebels is an about-face amid growing alarm over the gains made by Islamist forces in Iraq and Syria. President Obama has long been reluctant for the U.S. to become more involved in Syria. Just last week, he told Nora O'Donnell on CBS This Morning why he has resisted pressure to arm the rebels. Uh, the notion that they were in a position suddenly uh, to overturn uh, you know, not only Assad, but also ruthless, uh, highly trained jihadists, uh, if we just sent uh, a few arms, uh, is a fantasy. The $500 million request would fund U.S. training of rebels in neighboring countries, most likely Jordan. It would supply small arms, but not the anti-aircraft missiles the rebels are seeking. The president fears those could easily fall into the hands of extremists. President Jarba represents a tribe that reaches right into Iraq. Secretary of State Kerry met today with Syrian opposition leader Ahmad al-Jarba, declaring that the U.S. is at a moment of increased effort for his group. Obviously, in light of what has happened in Iraq, uh, we have even more to talk about. This is Kerry, and now so he has a group of quote-unquote moderate Syrian rebels that he's gone over and met with. He's, moderate. He's, he's sitting in a room with their leader right now talking about how uh, the situation in Iraq is both both of both of our problems. Iraq, uh, we have even more to talk about in terms of the moderate opposition in Syria. Congressional leaders in both parties say they believe the funding request can pass if the administration has a convincing strategy for spending it. An administration official tells CBS News, "Look, Congress wants us to do something. Let them pass this." But even if Congress approves this request, it will be months before any money begins flowing, late fall at the earliest. So the Syrian rebels would get nothing for many months ahead. Scott? Bill, Bill Plant, the White House. Bill, thanks very much. That's the crazy thing. Is it, it, It's like October is when they would get the money if this goes. Anyways. So isn't that like really late in the process anyway? Isn't that weird? This has got to be about pushing back long term over ISIS, I suppose. Yeah. You would think, I mean, yeah. and setting up the, 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 the groundwork for something else. Yeah. Hey, Chase, before we go on, we got a couple of more uh, just things we need to catch up on. Sure. And uh, one of them is one of our favorite topics. But first, I wanted to, I pulled up that picture of the first There's Unfilter the 100 shirt. Looking good. Looking Excellent. real good right there, Chase, I got to say. Yeah, That's I got, a nice looking shirt. I got my notification that mine shipped, too. So if you bought an Unfilter 100 shirt, guess what? It's Check on its your way. mailbox. And uh, if, if you want to uh, send a selfie into Angela at JupiterBroadcasting.com and she'll post it up on the Jupiter Broadcasting Instagram feed. You that's can tag it, too, by the way. That's how you know you're legit. Instagram. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. I, I do. Hey, Chase, did you know that this is an audience-funded show? You know, is it one of those things where you know someone could contribute and they can see exactly where their their hard-earned money is going into? Sir, and, yes, sir. And like full transparency, something like a Patreon? Sir, yes, sir. That's exactly what it is, patreon.com slash unfilter. And we're looking to have a audience-funded show that could scale with our audience's demand, something that over time we might even go to, oh, I don't know, twice a week. No. And boy, could we use it this week. Oh, no kidding. If we had an episode like on Friday, if we did a Monday Friday cadence or something like that, I think we could, oh, this would be such a perfect week for that. But imagine, too, yeah. as like elections approach and a few other things. I mean, Lots of, you know, the news cycle isn't just one day a week. It happens daily. But by supporting the Patreon, you can get us to two days. Yeah, we want to we want to expand our scope. We want to maybe even get out and about and go travel a little bit and get an outside perspective. And the way you can support our show and say, hey, you know what? I got something a little useful out of that show. They made me think. Or I've enjoyed the last few episodes, and I want to keep these guys going. Go over to patreon.com slash unfilter. Yeah. We've got a suggested pledge level there. We also have some levels down below that you can jump in at. Right. And uh, we just any support you can afford really does help. Once you become a patron, you get access to the Unfiltered Supporter Show. That's what you're hearing today. Normally, the Unfiltered Supporter Show is almost like an additional hour of content. It's like a double show. It, it really, really is. is. Yeah. yeah. Bing, you owe me a Coke. Uh, jinx, Chase. <laughs> uh, but it also gives you all of the clips, video versions of the things that we've talked yeah. about, uh, the source code to our show, the notes, the art, all of it in a bit torrent. And it's not just the last show. You can go back yeah. as oh, far yeah. back to, what, 56 for 54. the NSA? 54 yeah. for the NSA stuff. Every clip we've ever played. And there's all kinds of interesting uses for that kind of stuff. Everything from ringtones to uh, class projects. And the other thing you get is the supporter sync and the supporter's RSS feed, so you can just listen to the full supporter show in your favorite podcast. And the cool thing about Patreon is once you become a member of that community, you'll notice, Chris, there's a like a community within the community. People are chatting in there. Yep, on all the posts, it's great stuff. So uh, please help support our show by going to Patreon.com/unfilter. This keeps us going and lets us know that you guys are still into the show. You're digging what we're doing and you want to support us. That's right, and we really appreciate that. Yeah. Patreon.com/unfilter. You guys rock. Thank you. And they just rolled out some new stuff over at that Patreon. Yeah, they too. got a new homepage too, which is really nice. Getting it's getting better all the time, Chase. Word. Uh, so while we're in Iraq and all that area, before we come back over here, uh-huh. I want to talk a little bit about the Ukraine. We haven't talked about them a lot. This is one of those blast updates is just going to give you some really like this is out of everything that's happened recently this might really be what you need to know the new west-backed president signs an historic trade deal with you guessed it the west oh. ukraine's president traveled to belgium on friday to sign an historic free trade pact and political accord with the european union it's that same agreement that former leader Viktor yanukovych had refused to sign in october sparking months of political and social unrest on uh, friday similar accords were signed by moldova and georgia Georgia, allowing them access to economic integration with Western Europe and access to the EU's 500 million citizens after signing the Kremlin warned of grave consequences. It's a little surprise that Ukraine signing an economic associations agreement with the European Union on Friday has irritated the Kremlin and Moscow has warned of serious consequences of this move. And that's not just to, uh, in relations to trade between Russia and Ukraine, uh, but also uh, to, in relations to the Ukrainian economy. And this has been reflected in uh, Russia's state media, which has been reporting throughout the day on economic downfalls of this move, of this association, uh, reporting on how Ukraine's goods are not up to the European standards and will not be able to compete with European goods. But nonetheless, of course, for many uh, Ukrainians, uh, this association means a step closer to their dream of one day joining the European Union. This is huge, and and Moscow is pissed. Uh, This is exactly what was, I think, one of the reasons behind the whole government upset is this historic a trade agreement uh, essentially uh, connects the Ukraine economy to the Europe, Europe economy, Union. moving them away right. from Russia completely. Right. Uh, which is, you know. Um, so, you th- so are they going to rebuild up their troops along the border again and start the whole? I don't know. Uh, I, it's bullying? hard. To, it's hard to tell when they're talking when they're just talking crap and when right. they're actually serious about doing something. Like I have a really hard time gauging that with uh, Russia, because for one thing, that's just not really talked that very much about in our media. Like, this whole thing hasn't been talked about that much in our media, so it's it's hard to get a gauge of it fully because over there, it's, they're coming at it from a completely different angle. So, anyways. Hey, Chase. Yes, Chris. Before we got out of here this yeah. week, before we get it out of here, <laughs> uh, I wanted to do uh, a little uh, high note. You want to end the supporters slash full show today 
on a high note. Hello, now, everybody. Now, what does that mean exactly? Well, Chase, uh, <laughs> next week, actually, the next time the Unfiltered show is on the air... Actually, Washington State passes another milestone. Hey, you know, uh, what do you think about doing next week on Monday, too? Does that work for you? I, I don't know yet, actually, to be honest. You jerk. I'm sorry. You caught me on the spot here. Wow. You know what? You know what I'm going to do? Uh... I'm just going to have to uh, go back into my room and uh, curl up into a ball and just wait till you get back to me. <laughs> Anyways, because um, uh, the, re- the reason I mentioned that is I think uh, I might uh, I might be going to an event. I haven't decided Oh, yet. that, that yeah. okay, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, okay. But anyways, uh, I think the next time we're doing a show, uh, cannabis will be legalized in Washington State. Well, it's legal now, but you'll be able oh, to go right, and yeah. leg- buy it legally. Right. Yeah, recreation, it'll be for sale. So... We we really gotta. You, you, this is our last moment to celebrate some of the the, the ridiculous things that are happening on the air right now. Well, well, I think this is my. We f- pointed them out every week. <laughs> I, 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 this is my favorite one. One Maryland mom got the shock of a lifetime when she found a bag of marijuana with her Sonic order this week. She what? said she ordered lunch for her kids, but found that surprise before giving it to them. The worker responsible later came forward saying she thought she had tossed in a packet of ketchup. Not that employee was fired. Really? <laughs> okay, that's got to be a crap story, right? There's no way that story is true. First of all, you wouldn't throw a bag of weed in because first you wouldn't just have like your bag of weed sitting around in the restaurant, but you wouldn't throw a bag of weed into somebody's food like that because that'd be expensive. Yeah, that's, that's really expensive. Throwing stuff. money away. Yeah. So I think this story's bogus. It's like a Sonic's like a subtle Sonic promotion or something. Yeah, go buy a burger and get a free side of hash. Seriously. <laughs> Like, oh, my God, because people might, like, get, like, the munchies, and they might want to go to Sonic. But doesn't that sort of vicious cycle, the more weed you do, the more munchies you want, the more munchies you want, the more weed? Isn't it a vicious I thing? I think it's Sonic subtly messaging, connecting cannabis with with burger, with Sonic burgers. Like I think like, Sonic, you, you know, I just I just pulled a, a quick uh, quick uh, Google search, and it, it, I'm lying. I can't even make this up. No, I'm I'm lying. Oh. I was going to say the the numbers have come in. The sales in Washington State and Colorado for Sonic have gone up three hundred percent. Yeah, no kidding. No, uh, okay, uh, so let's talk about Washington. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in where we're at right now. Essentially, I'm concerned. Our state's broken, man. I'm concerned that our launch is going to be a little shaky next week. And here's why. This is bad. Our state's first recreational pot stores open in less than two weeks, but they could have some trouble stocking their shelves. So far, only two licensed growers turned in samples for testing at the state's only certified lab. The chief scientist says another small batch is due to come in next week. The state liquor control board warns of potential shortages when the first stores open set for July 8th. So they have only a very, very, very small amount of growers approved, like two, I think. And they've also yeah. they've also banned edibles. Well, it's because the health department doesn't. I was reading about this the other day. The health department doesn't allow for any kind of modified food because when it's been modified, it causes issues. I guess or I they know. can't certify it or whatever. Uh, the thing I the thing I read today was they were worried about kids eating like the candies and stuff. No, I no. It, it was more of a logist. Looked like it sounded like a real health reason. Like it's been modified food, and therefore that's too bad because I think. Uh, uh, you know, that's going to be the number yeah. one seller. I really think the health department, though, is just looking for more additional samples. And I use that in air quotation marks because uh, they want them to send it in. They need to be able to test this thoroughly by eating it. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, so did you know that CNN is working on this CNN digital studio where they're producing content only for the Internet? Did you know this? No, like, I didn't. It's like this initiative. Is it, a, is it like a green screen? <laughs> kind of, sort of, yeah. Wow. Uh, I don't know if this one was. This is... This one, it's kind of poppy, hippy-dippy, kind of like an update on Colorado cannabis. I thought maybe we should play it because since the, since the recreational sales go go live here on the 7th, this is kind of like our last chance to look at how Colorado's been doing it right for the last six months, right before we screw it all up here in Washington. Okay. So please excuse uh, the, uh, you know... <laughs> this of it wow and just watch i'm holding what's become one of the most popular strains of marijuana here in colorado this one's called strawberry diesel its name relates to how it smells a combination of strawberry fields and diesel gas well it's popular because of how it makes you feel we're told it's supposed to bring a euphoric high that it feels like sunshine when you smoke it it's now one of hundreds possibly thousands of strains of marijuana that have hit the market since it became legal to sell pot for recreational use. We're about six months into this Colorado marijuana experiment of sorts, and we're told right now business is still booming. In fact, one pot shop 
shop owner says he sees about 10,000 customers every month. About 20% or so are coming from out of state. It makes you wonder how many people are getting high traffic jams. and hitting the road. Colorado State Patrol says they just started keeping track of marijuana-specific DUI numbers. And month to month so far, we're seeing about 10 to 15 percent of total DUIs are marijuana-related. So they're still seeing more people driving under the influence of alcohol. The other issue that's popped up has to do with marijuana edibles. This is one of those marijuana-infused chocolate bars. Small but potent. It has 100 milligrams of THC in it. So this is the equivalent of 10 doses or servings of marijuana. People are getting into trouble for eating too much. Overall, a lot of Coloradans will say they believe that legalizing marijuana has been a good thing, especially if you look at the tax money. Colorado has already collected more than $11 million in marijuana taxes this year. We know a lot of other states are watching Colorado. Is this the beginning of the end of pot prohibition? We'll wait and see. But we do know people who are cannabis enthusiasts are currently stocking up on their strawberry diesel. What do you think of all this? Isn't this interesting the way that CNN is getting into that? Yeah, there was the CNN Digital Studios. Okay. I think they did too much on these special effects a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the editing. I thought the editing was good. I thought the, yeah, yeah. the overall uh, pace of it. But there doesn't need to be sparkles and goldenness uh, coming out of the herbs out like the, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought it was all right. I really feel like Colorado's done this a lot better than we're going to do this. And I'm, well, I'm it, a little disappointed. It's reflective of our state government, unfortunately. And the other thing, too, the reason why Colorado was, I was reading some comparisons that they were able to implement it so easily, is because medical marijuana in Colorado was already regulated. Mm. Um, unlike in our state, which was unregulated. Mm. So they're able to make some... They had more infrastructure in place? Exactly. We, we've basi- basically have had to build the infrastructure from the ground up. Unlike Colorado, they were able to implement it a little bit easier. So the reason why I'm concerned about it, A, is I think uh, I, I've called it from day one. I said edibles were always going to be a problem. I've said that was going to be an yeah, issue. Yeah, you did. Uh, and I, I, but the thing is, is if you get it right, um, it... I think it could change the reputation and perception about cannabis the most out of everything. I think smoking and big joints and, you know, lighting up a pipe still has negative connotations visually. But, you know, things like jelly beans and brownies and sodas and um, uh, additives that, that you, are drops that you put in, like, for example, Alfredo, that actually give a little bit of an orego, oregano flavor and actually enhance the flavor of the food and also have cannabis, things like that that, you know, yuppies would buy. Like, they'd have tinctures and they'd have candies and they'd have things like that that people will spend a lot more of a premium money on. Right. Uh, and that's where the money is going to be made. So it's, it's a bit of a shame. And the other thing is, is if the supply is going to be so limited because – only a couple uh, growers have been approved here in Washington. That means only like two growers are going to supply all of the new stores. Well, no, I know no more growers are coming online. Well, they say like in next week they've only got like another two growers tentatively scheduled to be inspected. Yeah. And that's next week's when it opens. And so, it, well, that's what, when the licenses are, will first be issued. I just I worry about it fueling the black market. Well, it's going to right now. I think at the up front it will be. But I think then the state will have to realize they have to put more resources into building that infrastructure. Otherwise, it's just going to be a colossal failure. I don't know, Chase. Maybe so. Maybe so. Well, that'll bring us to the end of this uh, special supporters slash regular episode. Uh, I'll be. I'm going to be out of town on Wednesday. I'm going up to a cabin. Did well, you know? I'm I'm going out of town Thursday. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going to Canada. Going to Canada for the weekend. I'm disconnecting from life. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going uh, where I'm going. I'm not even sure if they have internet. That's why we're pre-recording on a Monday. Right. I think they do. I specifically picked a location, but like the booking place is like, well, they either have satellite or <laughs> Frontier. I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So it's a nice weekend. It's going to be a nice week. So we're going to uh, take the middle of the week off. But we'll That's be back nice. either next week on Monday or Wednesday, depending. So uh, you know how you could solve that problem? You go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. And you always will know you know what the show's going to be. You know, the other thing we should probably do is we should probably make announcements in our subreddit. You know, that would be a nice place to go to, Chris. Unfilter.reddit.com is the place where all you guys can head over, guys and gals, and vote up and vote down stories and engage in the conversation. 1,355 of Boom. you 
have done that. Great subreddit again this week. Again. Oh, man, the guys, guys are, are getting better and better every week. Crushing it. Seriously, I'm not just like, oh. I'm not blowing fake internet smoke up your fake proverbial butts. I really do mean it. It's been great contributions and I appreciate it. And it gives me a sense of directions to take the show. And honestly, I really also like to get the comments. It's not just about the submission. So if you don't feel like submitting, if you just want to do the reading and maybe share your insights or even just a vote. Even just voting up or down helps. It just yep. gives weight to stuff. So it really, really does. I mean, right now there was a story that was submitted 11 hours ago talking about how Netflix could be classified as a cyber security threat <laughs> under new CISPA rules. Yeah. And so there's a conversation happening with that. And, uh, you know, these kind of stories really help drive the show. So thank you. All right, Chase. If I wanted to get a hold of you throughout the week communicate with you in 140 characters could you provide me yeah. a means to communicate with myself or yourself depending on which i wanted to communicate with via a mechanism provided to me by have i stalled long enough yeah 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 no how long does it take chase hey well first off you can go visit chris on twitter at chris las this is where you put your thoughts on 140 characters or less that's right and, uh, what about you? Are you on there? Yeah, you know what? I give people three more characters. I don't know why he wants to do that. Three more characters I give them. It's a bonus. If you want to tweet to me at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. Did, did you take that picture of that there, Ferry? That is my picture. That's nice. Yeah. That was on one of my trips out to the San Juans, and it was just a perfect day for it. I like that. Thank you, man. It makes me want to go on a boat. You know what? It makes me want to do some taping on a boat. Hey, uh, Chase, what about uh, like a podcast? You know, you guys were doing some. Uh, weren't you doing some gameplay uh, Last on Sunday? Night, so yeah, so we I do a couple of shows uh, over at GeekGamer.tv. Uh, it's where I talk about gaming and technology. I do a show about Minecraft. But last night we did. Well, actually, uh, the screen just showed it. I we, we played Mario Kart Eight on right the stream. On. Right and on. It was so much fun. Right on. We were throwing shells at each other. A lot of great fun. Is that uh, a euphemism for? Huh. No. Okay. No, we were playing racing games. I wasn't sure if that was something we, the kids called like a... We were playing with our Wii U's. Is that a... U- no, it's a console, okay. Chris. All right. Okay. All right, well, thank... You need to go on vacation. You're right, I do. All right, well, thanks, guys, for joining us this week. Hope you didn't... Uh, hope you enjoyed the Shaking It Out. This is our Shaking It Out episode. I liked it. You know, it was it was a, a nice well, relaxed kind of mode. You know, it's yeah. one of those things, you know, now that it's summer, you have your, uh, your right. cocktail... And you know or... what's next weekend? Uh, not after yeah the, the the following weekend yeah in two weeks fly in it's gonna be crazy the Arlington fly in our microphones lar- might be picking up airplanes the largest all week. on the uh, west of the Mississippi I believe yeah um, so if you're a flyer if you're a pilot you should fly into Arlington Washington and then come visit the studio that's what I think should happen. oh man you know it's funny the fly in you get a discount by the way if uh, if you are a pilot they'll give you a discount yeah. So. I, I'm serious. I mean, the airport's right around the corner. If you are a pilot and you listen to Unfilter, you need to come out in a couple weeks to the airline flying and you come visit us. I think so. That'd be fun. All right, jblive.tv next week, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar for the live schedule. Oh, one last thing. Two last things. Yeah. Happy Canada Day to all those uh, July 1st, and happy Independence Day for all Americans Very on good. the 4th. Have a great one, you guys. And happy Legalization Day or Recreation Day. <laughs> all right. <laughs> see we'll see you right week. back here next, next week. week.